Okay. All right. I would start recording and my nose would start to itch. I'm not picking it, I swear. Um, look, our sign. It's literally in our bedroom um, because that's where it is right now. I told Blake last night. Well, welcome back to another episode of After Hours with Amanda, uh, the podcast where we're just sharing life together and life is a conversation. So we're back. Um, I have my own little setup that I'm super excited about and we're doing it. We're doing it and we're going to keep doing it because I watched someone accept an Academy Award and I'm going to massacre his name. Um, but he was, he was from everything all at once, everything everywhere all at once. And he originally, cause I was looking at him when he was doing, I was like, I know that I have seen him before. I know I've seen him before. And so I went to IMBD and I'm like, I got to look this guy up. He was the kid in Indiana Jones. He played this young kid. And I think it was Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, which I love Indiana Jones. Um, but it's been a hot minute since I've seen, but, but they've said that they're remaking it again. I was not a fan of the, I want to say fourth one that they did. It was like, mm, I mean, it was okay, but it was definitely not the Indiana Jones that I'm used to. So, um, I looked it up and he said that he like gave up on his dream a little while, went a different direction. And then last night he like thanked his mom. He's like, mom, I won an Oscar. And he's like in his fifties. And it just reminds me of that when you see the little TikTok and it's on Instagram, it's one of those like motivational ones. And it's like, so-and-so was a carpenter and Vera Wang didn't design her first dress till 40, till 40. I have three and a half years to go till then. What will I do by the time I'm 40? Okay. Um, and so it just was really refreshing because I was like, yeah, don't give up on your dreams, right? Like, don't, don't do that. So I told Blake last night when he hung the sign, that long winded way to tell you that I told Blake last night when he hung the sign, I said, Hey, look, eventually one day this sign is going to hang somewhere else. And we're going to look at that. And we're going to be like, oh, do you remember when that used to hang on the wall in our bedroom? Cause I love stuff like that. See, I don't, I get an, I get impatient in the process, but I am never annoyed by the process. I love the process. I feel like Alexa's still on. Alexa, off. <laughs> I love the process of things because I love to see the journey. I love to see how far someone has come or I've come or like I look at Blake and I, when we started dating back in 2007, like, yes, I've known him my whole life, but looking back in 2007 and I look at when we were dating and what we were doing. And then I look at when we got married and we were both working retail, making like 1275 an hour each together, like 25 plus dollars each living in this adorable one bedroom apartment. Like I love the journey. I think there's something so beautiful in it. And I think that so often we are so rushed for a destination. Like, don't get me wrong. I have my dream journal and every day I had gotten off track with it, but I'm back on board with this, like back on track with it. Every day I write down the 10 most insane dreams that I have, um, that feel insane to me. Like, are you kidding me, Amanda? And, um, oh, you know, one of them's being the Macy's day parade. <laughs> And I don't mean like, I just want to be on a float. Okay. Like I just want to be on a float in the Macy's day parade. This has like been my wish since I was a child. So it's going to happen. I don't want to be walking, holding a float. Like I, I, you can volunteer for that. I want to be on a float, um, not holding a balloon and I don't need anyone to know who I am. I don't, that's not what I'm talking about. I just want to be on one of those floats. Like that's going to happen for me. That's one of the dreams. Um, also a Disneyland collaboration because for Disneyland to notice me feels like a parent noticing me. I have a deep seated love for that. Um, but I had just this kind of like love affair growing up where I think it started from dissociation because I would say to myself when a situation would come up that I was uncomfortable with or didn't want to deal with, I would say in one hour, this will be less in two days. It'll feel better in one week will be moving along in 30 days. This will be a little bit of a distant memory. And in three months, most likely the cycle will have started over, but we'll be over whatever this was. And so that always let me feel like I can look ahead and I can plan ahead. And I'm always going to somewhere. I'm, I'm never stuck. Uh, there's that saying you made your bed now lie in it. And my grandmother was like a big, you made your bed now lie in it. And I'm like, 
know. And I remembered when I was in college and I was dating my college boyfriend at the time and he was a troubled soul and dating him really created a lot of havoc on my life as well. Right. Because when you date someone who's struggling, it inherently, you know, it's, and when they're struggling internally and you can't help them, it's not like a thing like you can muscle through that. It's like they're fighting their own demons and they need to fight them. Right. Um, and I just remember I had this opportunity to go visit Blake during spring break at the college that I had gotten a scholarship to and given up originally for a different boy. <laughs> if you've listened to that episode on dating, you know what I'm talking about, but, um, I'll never forget that I felt like it was this very pivotal moment. I felt like it was this moment where I had to make a decision and that decision was going to change trajectory on everything. And I didn't know how it would change trajectory. I didn't know what it would be. Would this be a big change in trajectory? Would this be like, okay, it changed the course of my life or would it be like, no, I just switched things up. And I remember thinking to myself, no, Amanda, you've created this situation. You gave up the scholarship. This was after I basically was like, okay, I'm going to try it. And I reapplied to the college and, um, the admissions board turned me down. They were like, yeah, no dude, your grades, like everything going, no, we have other applicants. And I called the admissions counselor and I was like, you, I, I have to come here. That was like, I was like, no, I have to change what's happening. Cause if I continue this way, it's, it's not going to go well. Like who I am today would not even be in this fear. Like she wouldn't like, no. And so I remember being like, no, I can change it. And I think sometimes we get stuck in this mindset where we're like, no, we've made our decisions. We've made our life. It's too late to go. No, it might be harder. There might be logistics up the yin yang at this point, but it's never too late to change your mind, to change something up. And I know that that might sound very flippant and be like, yeah, change your mind. It's like, like it's ordering something different at dinner, which also gives me anxiety if I've done that the wrong way. Cause I used to waitress and I don't want to stress anyone out, but you can change your mind, even if it feels like it's going to be hard. And I think it's so interesting because in the last three and a half years being on social media, I feel like I've gone through these different phases and um, be, being these different people in different stages of life. Cause when you're sharing your life, you obviously grow and you change and it's not that you've changed, but you've changed. Like that's, that's allowed. I think it's so funny when people are like, you've changed and you're like, yeah, I know. I hope so. Change means growth. And if I don't change and I'm not growing the, the other side of not growing is stagnant. And, and what happens to something that's stagnant? It dies. When we were in church yesterday and our pastor was preaching, I've been thinking about this, um, especially with the journey that I went on earlier this year, like it's something that I'll always talk about because having that anal fissure, I know it sounds so weird, you guys. And well, maybe it doesn't sound weird. It might sound weird to you. It's not weird to me because I went through it and I'm telling you being in that pain, it does something to you. And navigating that journey felt like going through fire. I have this my dad always told me this story because he has this rock. He has this rock and I don't know if it's a literal diamond, you guys. So don't be out here quoting me. Okay. But when he was traveling overseas, he bought this very expensive rock and they called it an, un, it's like an uncut diamond, like an un, like a unrefined stone. Right. And it just looks like, like a rock you would throw away. Like it's, it's clear and all this other stuff, but you're like, what is this rock? Right. And my dad always used to talk about the process of cutting a diamond and what you go through and what that's like. And he would always say, you know, this, this, this looks like just a rock and it looks when you cut it and when you change it, like there's a diamond underneath it, but only going through that process of being cut and going through the fire and high heat, can you be, you know, refined as a person? And I've always thought about that. That's something that's always stuck with me because whenever we've been in struggles, and again, maybe this comes from like traumatic instances growing up with my brother and life and relationships that I was prone to, but I've always found that when situations are really hard, I'm always telling myself like, I'm going to make it through this. Like, I'm going to make it through this. I've, I've, I've gotten frustrated that it feels like it's never ending, but I'm always like, I'm going through this and I'm going to look back on this and future me is going to be like, whoa, past me. And I'm not kidding you because when I had probably the most pain I've ever had, there's a video on my phone of me when pre-surgery middle of the, like the worst day of pain I had in that anal fissure, like, and I recorded myself, I recorded myself talking to myself and I was like, 
this is the worst, like, but wait, you're going to look back on this. You're going to look back on this, Amanda, and you're going to see you now. And you're going to say, look at you. We did it. We did it. We made it through. You know what? We did it because, because we're baddies because we don't give up because we've got grit and I have a love hate relationship with that word grit because I just feel like it's overused sometimes to describe people who've been through it. And they're like, you're so full of grit. And it's like, can I just catch a break? I, I love this whole like grit thing. That's great and all, but I would just actually love to just like coast for a hot minute. Can I coast? That'd be cool. But here's the thing. The pastor said yesterday, he was, uh, it was not our pastor at our church. Actually, it was a visiting pastor. His name's Chad Brugan and he's preached at our church before. And I really enjoy his messages. Um, when he visits, I love his sense of humor. He cracks jokes and like, I'm a person that loves sarcasm and jokes. And if you're going to do that at the pulpit, sign me up. I love it. Our pastor's the same way. And so this is what he said. And I think that this can apply to you, whether you are a believer or not. He said, you know, when it talks in the Bible about God testing you, it's not some, um, you know, big guy up there being like, I'm going to, you're going to prove to me how great you are, how like to me, how much you love me. Like, it's not this, it's not that when God tests you, it's not for you to prove to him who you are. When God allows that to happen in your life, right? Because people are always like, why do bad things happen? Like, and I couldn't even begin to explain, thank God, I'm not God. I don't even touch that, right? Because I can't explain any of the horrible things that happen. But in my personal life, speaking just about me, I took this to heart because he said, when you feel you're being tested, it's not to prove to God to anything. He wants you to prove to yourself. And what he elaborated on that was, was showing yourself what you're made of. And I loved that. I love that so much because there have been so many times in my life where, and I'm sure in yours, where you're in a situation and maybe you are right now, you're in a situation and it just feels tough and you are tired and you are over it. And whether that's school or family relationships or wanting a family or not wanting a family or being in a toxic job or toxic, like whatever that is that you're going through. I told myself, and I've said this before, that there is purpose in our pain. There is purpose in our pain because even when I was going through that anal fissure thing, I kept telling myself one day this story is going to help someone. The amount of DMs I get about anal fissures, y'all, the amount of DMs, I'm like, hey, hey, I'm not a medical professional, but let me just tell you, Asian pears, raspberries, yogurt, get that broccoli, get those Brussels, eat an avocado. An entire one is 10 grams of fiber, baby. And we have a fiber episode coming up, right? But it's not going to take the whole episode. I can't talk to you about food the whole episode, you guys. But the, the, the point of it is, is that I knew, I knew even on the days that I was so pissed and I literally like in my car screamed out and I was like, how could you leave me like this? How could you let me sit here in this much pain? Like you're so unfair. And then I would catch myself because I know from seeing it played out in my life, the bitterness and anger gets us nowhere, right? In relationships, whether spiritual or relational with humans here, earth side, right? It being full of bitterness and anger, it doesn't do anything to the other person. It just, it, it envelops who you are. And now I'm not talking about, again, and I'm going to say this disclaimer, I'm not talking about people in chronic pain because just like single parents, people who suffer from chronic conditions are superheroes. I, when I see any, if I knew about it, I would give you the biggest hug if you wanted one. Like I am in awe of people like that. I feel super blessed that my situation was able to be remedied with the surgery. And I don't take that for granted one day. But something that I do know is that going through that situation created a level of empathy, empathy in me that like I have empathy for others, but the level of empathy that I now have for other people in other situations to not assume when I'm out that just because someone quote unquote looks fine, they're doing fine. Because, you know, you think of that in the mental health sense, right? Like, oh, mental health, you know, you need to be aware it's like silent and you can't always see the anxiety, but you actually always can't see the pain someone is in physically, emotionally, yes, mentally, but also physically and emotionally. People are walking around and I just imagine now when someone ticks me off or frosts my cookies, okay, and I'm annoyed or someone cuts me off. And again, not excusing bad behavior, but just living in a place of starting with like, I can't see what that person is carrying. I don't know what they're carrying. They don't know what I'm carrying. 
Okay. But me being angry at them and being bitter at them is just adding to my pile that I already carry. It's not doing anything to them. It's just eating up me. But instead, I can look at that situation and I can say to myself when I look at it now that there was purpose in my pain. That will forever be one of the most traumatic things I've ever been through because I've never been in pain like that constantly all day, every day. I I, I never, I, I've suffered, you know, going through different things, but enduring physical pain nonstop all day for like eight hours just degraded how I felt. But I always felt like there was this fire, not the one um, in my actual butthole. <laughs> you guys, I have to crack jokes. I have to crack jokes, right? But there was this purpose. And I don't need to prove to anybody anything. That's not what it was about. But proving to myself that I could go through something like that and come out the other side, it did something to me on the inside. It did something to me because there's things like right now, you know, you, you go through different things, right? And working in social media, you're only as good as your last post. Like that's, that's a saying and it's as true as the day is new. You are only as good as your last post. You are only as good as your last week's, like, what is it? Last week's metrics. You're, you're only as good as what you were on your best day, right? And then it starts all over every day. And I used to, and, and I get away from this idea. People are like, I wish I could be as confident as you, but do you know what it is? I have learned a lot of things. One, that I am stronger than I thought I ever, ever could be. And I, I prove that to myself again and again. And I don't say that egotistically. I say that knowing for a fact that I've been through some shit and I've come through it that I am stronger than I thought I was, that if I have one person, I'm super lucky to have three tiny humans, a husband and a best friend. I count that as five and my dad, six, six people that I know without a shadow of a doubt are going to love me. Just love me. It doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. That doesn't mean they're going to like me every day. I don't need them to be like, think I'm the best every day, but they're going to love me. And the song that you guys know, okay, I love Whitney Houston. I love my queens. I love Whitney. I love Megan. I love Selena and Selena. I love Gloria Estefa. Like I love music. Music feeds my soul. I say this time and time again, music is what sets my soul on fire. It keeps me going. It puts me in a better mood. But there is this song by Whitney Houston called The Greatest Love of All. All right. And it's, you know, we believe that children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside, right? And that, to me, I take to heart, okay? Because children are the future, and we do need to teach them the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of hope to make it easier, right? Okay? Um, fill them with laughter, and they remind you of who you used to be. Take that for a second. And she talks about the greatest love of all is happening to me. Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. Because you know what happens when you start to realize that you love yourself? Because here's the thing. The reason you don't love yourself is because someone else is living inside your head. It's not because you decided one day, I don't like me. I hate me. It is because there are other thoughts coming into your head, taking up residence. I tell this to the girls all the time, and I've probably said it on here before. We talk about good fuel and fun fuel when it comes to food, right? Okay, yeah, this is important, of course. But do we think about the fuel that we feed our mind? Do we think about what we let into it? Okay? And that's not just the music and the movies, and I say this before. It's also the people. And it's also what they say. And it, it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, no, cut people out of your life, X, Y, Z. No, that's not, that's not how it works. Because some people don't get to cut people out. Some people have to deal with that. Some people can't be like, yeah, you know, I've decided this boundary and this is the boundary and you can't cross it. Sometimes there are other things at play that don't make that so easy. And I've learned that because I, when I made boundaries with, you know, my own mom in my life, just like, hey, look, I'm going to have a life outside, you know, and I love her and I don't fault her for her because her mother did it to her and her mother's mother did it to her. But that codependency was so strong. That when I did it, I was the person that was being, you know, the adversary with that. 
And so when you go through that, you, you realize real quick when everyone's like, just draw boundaries. You're like, it's a little harder than that. It's a little harder than drawing a line in the sand because it's a domino effect sometimes, right? Because it impacts other things. Um, but look, I got a nice coffee today, not to interrupt, but like we're trying her out this week. Okay. And let me tell you the caffeine. I'm so thrilled. Mm. Tastes so good. But anyways, um, when you're drawing boundaries, it's not as easy as just cutting somebody out. Right. But when we look at the real reason that we don't like ourselves most days, what is that from? What is that stemming from? Is that stemming from what we're letting in, what we're watching, what we're seeing on social media, who we're listening to, who we're taking advice from? Because the smaller my circle got, And the more I realized I didn't need a large circle, people are like, you need a village. It's like a village can be one person. A village can be one person besides you. And I think that that's what we, we forget. We think when people say it takes a village, uh, yeah, it, it would be great to have a giant village. Okay. And some of us have a secondary village is what I like to call it. Like we have our emergency contacts is the relationships I think of as like immediate Cindy, my mom, my Cindy, my dad, um, and Blake. Like those emergency contacts, I'm putting you down right away. And then we have that secondary emergency contact, right? Like the people we know are going to be there for us, but like they have things going on. They have other responsibilities. Like we can't put that much weight on them, right? Because that would be unfair, right? But when you think of a village, don't think of 10 billion people. Think of one person. And if you're sitting to yourself thinking like, I would love one person, believe that that one person is going to come into your life. I knew Cindy in elementary school. Like we went to the same elementary school. We were not friends. We were not friends till we were 27 years old and we went to the same elementary school. I would like see her on occasion growing up. It's like, oh yeah, I went to school with her. Hi. Hey. Like I even saw her in college because for the two years I went to Sac State, she went there with her husband. That's where they graduated from. And I was like, oh, hi, Cindy. Yeah. I went to school with her. Yeah. (laughs) Did I ever look at her and think, wow. In almost a decade, her and I are going to become best friends and we're going to raise six kids together. No, not at all. Never. I would have laughed actually, because I was like, wait, Cindy, that, what? No, no, no. And that was just because her and I weren't close. But when you think of the greatest love of all, a lot of us don't think of ourselves, right? We think of our, our kids or our relationships. And I think that's great. My children literally take up so much space in my heart besides Blake. Jesus and myself, like my whole heart, it's occupied. It's, it's fully full capacity. I feel super grateful for that. But the greatest love of all is when you start to realize that the only reason that you don't really like yourself is you've been listening to what other people think about you, which is none of your business. When you start to look at yourself, right. And we talked about, I've said this on a TikTok a couple weeks ago, Lennon and I were talking about mosaics. Um, there was a Daniel Tiger episode on and she's like, I don't know if I love mosaics. And I was like, you did as a kid, but you know, sometimes, and I realized in that moment, it was like a light bulb went off. People change. And I say that and everyone's like, oh yeah, no, people change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kids grow. But, 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 but do we actually change with them in sense of getting to know them at every stage? Like, here's the thing as a parent, you know, your kid the longest. So you assume, you know, your kid, but actually you don't really know your kid. Because how you know your kid is based off of how you experience them in a parental aspect and how you know them is based off of the experiences you've gone through with them. But they change as people, the things they like, the, the, the literal perfect example I have of this is packing lunches. This year, packing lunches has been a wild toad adventure. Mr. Toad's wild ride. It's been like that. You're not knowing what to expect. And then you're in hell because you have no idea what to do. And we've ordered lunch more times than I can count this year because I'm just like, wait, what do you want in your lunch? You don't want that? Okay, you don't want that? You don't want that? You don't want that? You don't want that? And here's me. I, as a parent, yes, there are days when I'm like, you guys, I can't order lunch or I forgot to, or I've just got to, you got to take what we've got in the fridge today or whatever. That does not happen a lot, but my kids are still flexible. But I understand the fact that I don't like to eat certain things and I want to enjoy my lunch and I have certain things that I like or dislike and don't want. So I'm not going to keep like, feeding them things that necessarily they don't want because that's what you're getting for lunch. It's like, well, do you get to mix up your lunch? So the, the, the funny thing about this is though, if I still treated the girls, right? The tiny Queens, like if I still gave them for lunch, what they ate last year, they wouldn't want to eat it. I got Paige out here eating jelly sandwiches that could literally, you know, float a boat 
on Dave's Killer Bread with this like delicious blackberry jam. And then Corey loves dino nuggies. Like, praise Jesus. That's pretty simple, right? Air fryer every morning. She's a dino nuggie queen. Um, but Paige, when she was two, loved quesadillas. The child won't touch a quesadilla now. You look at her and you'll be like, you used to love quesadillas. And she's like, she looks at you like you have five heads. She's like, I did not. You're like, no, dude, you loved quesadillas. You dip them in ketchup. And she's like, that's disgusting. But see, the thing that we stop doing when we become busy with life is we start allowing all the things that we've heard about ourselves or the things that we were told or the things that we believe based off of how we were experienced. And that has become our baseline. So we don't get to know us anymore. Right? And I say this because it's so weird because going through the journey that I did, I realized that there's things that I like to do. Like people are like, oh, are you going to ever quote unquote eat French fries again? I ate French fries last week, just a side note. But I was like, you know, I love French fries, but they actually can wreak havoc on my stomach and kind of give me diarrhea some days. So on the days that my stomach fills on the fritz, I'm just going to, I'm not going to eat the French fries. It has nothing to do with the fries. I don't have anything against fries anymore. But some people are very struck by that. You don't eat fries anymore. You're not going to eat French fries, Amanda. Oh God, she's changed. She used to love French fries. Oh, she did them all the time. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Well, I went through something and I changed my mind. And if I allowed myself to think, gosh, Amanda, no, you need to go back to that. You're denying, you know what? They're right. You're right. You're, you are denying what you want because that's, that's, that's in your head. That's in your head. You know, instead of me saying, actually, no, I have edited myself as a human being. And I enjoy in the morning having a yogurt every morning, the so delicious yogurts. And then I enjoy having banana or avocado toast. I, I actually love that. I like putting chia seeds on things now because I have changed as a person and I'm getting to know myself again and the things that I like, you know, taste buds change. Yeah, they change, which makes a lot of sense because so do our tastes and food, but taste buds change. That's just a, that's just a literal fact. There's no, it's not a question. It is a definitive fact. They change. And so do people. And this idea of us having such a hard time enjoy, like caring about ourselves, having that greatest love of all, like is Whitney. Oh, I love Whitney. God. Gone too soon. That's a whole other story. But um, not taking the time to invest in the greatest love of all, because here's the real rub that I know as a parent, Corey lost two teeth this weekend. You guys, when I tell you I was beside myself, I was hysterically crying. I'm not kidding. Like snot sobbing. She came downstairs. And if you know me, you know, I don't do teeth. I don't do the mouth. I will literally black out. Like I can't, I, I'm like, I become literally a small child scared in the forest. I can't look at it. I can't, you don't talk to me. Don't mention, like I, I am unfunctional. And Lennon comes downstairs and she's like, mom, I think Corey's tooth fell out. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? She's the baby. Like in my mind, I'm like, Corey, my mind is stuck at two and a half, three, maybe tops. Um, and she's like, yeah. And like, I look over at Corey and there's like one tooth and it looks like another one's missing. And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's so bad. Blake's like, what is going on? He's like sitting literally 15 feet away. I was like, I think Corey, uh, I was like, uh, I'm like trying to touch it. He's like, Corey, come here a second. He's like, yeah, it looks like your tooth's about to fall out. And I was like, uh, what? What are you talking about? No, it's not. Her tooth's not falling. Like sobbing uncontrollably because... I had this idea in my head. Lennon lost her first tooth in like kinder first. Paige lost her first tooth in kinder. Like obviously, and my girls are older, right? So they're always going to be older in their class. When they graduate high school, they'll be 19. Like they're going to be older. I was too. I turned 19 three months after graduation. So we did we did a victory lap early on because I just like that extra year for them. People can say what they want about it. It has been absolutely exceptional for our family and for them. But it's it's funny because I thought that I had more time because I was basing it off of previous experiences with the other two. She's not going to lose her teeth yet. She's got, and, and she's got like next year in pre-K and then we're into kinder. Then she's going to lose a tooth. But being that she's older, she's five in preschool. Being that she's an older preschooler, I never factored in that she would be losing a tooth. And I just cried and cried and cried and cried because I thought I had more time. And when I realized she had lost her tooth, if you're like me, um, well, and what made it worse, here's what made it worse, you guys. I don't know what kind of 
like stars were aligning or whatever moons, if you're into that. But I was looking on my phone before she came downstairs at all these like Disney trips. Cause I really want to go to Disneyland right now. I was like reminiscing on all these Disney trips that we had taken. And I was looking at these videos of them from, you know, two, three, four years ago when we took them. Cause Corey's been going since she was in my belly because the older ones. So I was like in this state of being in this mood. And it's weird because I don't have a toddler anymore. I had that realization like a few months ago, like, oh, Amanda, you don't actually have a toddler. Like in my brain, I have small children. I call them tiny queens and I have an almost 10 year old. They'll always be tiny queens in my mind. And as long as they don't mind me calling them that, I will continue to call them that. But this flash happened and I was like, wait, the goal of being a, a good parent is that you raise these tiny people up to have some idea of who they are, right? At least a little bit to get out there and feel confident in themselves and then functionally go into the world and succeed, whatever that means for them. If you've done your job right, they leave you. That doesn't mean they don't come back. That doesn't mean they don't live nearby, which I'll take. Hell, I will buy acreage and build homes if that ever is an option. <laughs> You guys are all invited. I'm going to put parks up and we'll just make our own little utopia, right? With Disneyland annual passes. Um, But this flash happened and I was like, wait a second. second." Like, you know, like hoggle. They're going to grow up and they're going to go and they're going to, and I want them to. I want them to have friendships. I want them to have relationships. I want them to go and have fun and experience stuff in a way that doesn't hurt anybody, right? Including themselves. But I want that for them. And her losing her teeth set off this chain of events that made me emotional where I ended up calling my dad two hours later after I had called Cindy and Blake was trying to comfort me and he's standing there and I'm just like, dad, I don't know why I'm crying. He's like, because you love them. Of course you're crying. Your baby lost her tooth, her first tooth. It's your last first tooth. And then I was like, okay, well, when you put it that way. But coming to that, the greatest love of all ourselves and not in an egotistical sense in a way that realizes that as time passes, whether you are 18, 22, 16, whatever, I had someone DM me the other day and they asked me, they're sweet, sweet, sweet DM. And they were like, I'm 18 and I don't know what I was like, 18, don't know what to do. Yeah. Sounds about right. I'm 36 and don't know what to do. I'm sitting here recording a podcast like a billion other people out here posting on social media, right? No one's calling me for career day at the school. (laughs) One day they will, though. I swear to you, one day I'm going to get called for career day, maybe in a decade when this is like a college course. They're like influencing 101 Um, or, you know, starting a podcast, whatever. But getting to know yourself at different stages because who you are as a parent with one and who you are as a parent when they turn two or three or when you add a child, right? Or when your kid hits the, you know, preteen, which everyone's like, oh, you're going to have a preteen soon. I'm like, stop with that. Okay. Sure. I'm going to have a 10 year old. Yes. That might be a preteen, but please stop with the conceptions of what you think that person's going to become when that stage hits. Uh, physiologically, yeah, they're going to go through some hormonal changes. Absolutely. But let's not just like label that and stick that on them and be like, oh, preteen, it's about to get rocky. Buckle up. I'm sure it is on some, but it's not going to be this like dire circumstance, right? Because we're different people. And we say that all the time. Everybody's different. I tell my girls that everybody's different. Everybody's different. Well, so are you in the beginning of the school year, at the end of the school year, on a Tuesday to a Wednesday, from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., depending on what's going on. And the thing is, is that you'll go through different things. And you have to always know that you are going to come through that. I don't know how that will look. Coming through that might might, might look different for different people. But I like to think of that rock that my dad has. That un that uncut is like uncut diamond. It's not, I don't think it's a real uncut diamond, but he used it as an example as a kid, and I loved it. And he'd always say, you know, and I actually don't. I'm not for sure. Like, let's be real. I am not for sure on how a diamond is made. Like, I couldn't like tell you. Like, yep, that's correct. But to my belief, a diamond is made through the cutting of it, of the rock, cutting into it, and through a high, high, high intensity heat. And I think that 
what we don't realize is when we're going through the cutting, which is painful or the high heat, which burns and can leave marks, it doesn't make the imperfections of us as people. It doesn't make us any less. It actually makes it more beautiful because it makes it more rare. And when you're going through things and when you're being refined, it's not for anybody else. I, I, I love this idea. Instead of thinking about situations that we go through, that it's proving to somebody else, what is it proving to you? What is it showing you about yourself? Cause I guarantee you, you've been through some things and you've navigated some stuff and you're, you're a badass. Okay. You have survived up into this point. I love this. You've survived hundred percent of your hardest days. I love that saying. I love that saying because it reminds you that you're here and you are becoming the best, hottest version of yourself. And I love that. Someone said, what would the best, hottest version of myself be? And I like to disclaim that, you know, hottest version. I love that. I really do. But like, it doesn't even have to be physical. Like to you, what would be the sexiest version of yourself? Is she, is she running on all cylinders? Is she waking up early? Is she giving herself time to sleep in? Is she having that piece of cake at that restaurant? I look at a journal that I had 10 years ago almost 10 years ago, no, 10 years ago, because I was pregnant with London. And I wrote in this journal and I almost want to, I'm going to find it for the next episode because I'm not going to get up from this seat right now. But I wrote in it. Now I kind of want to get up and get it. I wrote this, like, I was so sad. I was so sad because I thought that I would be home with London by the time she arrived. Like I thought when I had her, I would get to stay home with her, but financially we couldn't do that. And it wasn't this thing that I had expected. I thought, yeah, no, I'll be home with my babies. Duh. Of course I will. But the logistics of that were like out the door. I had not even thought of that. You know, I'm you know, 23, 24. Like, come on. I got, I got pregnant with London at 26. I had her at 27. I love being a younger parent. It's been enjoyable for me, but it comes with its own struggles. I had older parents and I loved that. Became with the, it came with a lot of benefits, you know, financially secure. We got to travel a lot, but their health also is a concern when you have older parents, you know, like my dad's in his seventies and most people when I say that they're in their fifties. <laughs> They're like, how old's your dad? I'm like, he's 70 something. And like someone who's like 55 is like, oh, my dad is too. My dad is, what? You're 36. I'm like, yeah, I know. He was an older dad. Um, So it all has the benefits, but I just had not expected that I wouldn't be home with her. But I mean, there's logistics that go into it. And uh, this idea of instead of thinking of your situation as something that is breaking you down, Think of it as something that is breaking off the things you don't need and building you up. And I know that that sounds super trite because people are like, well, they're like, when you're buried, you're just growing and you're like, forget you. I feel like I'm dying out here. I'm exhausted. This sucks. And I think that that's where we lose the message of stuff. You can absolutely be pissed about the situation and think it sucks. But you also can believe that you're coming through it and you're going to be better than you were before even if you're not sure what that looks like yet, even if when the situation ends, it doesn't feel better than before, it might take time to come to the better than before. Because if 10 years ago, Amanda could see me today, first off, she'd be like, we have three children. They're all girls. You're kidding. <laughs> she'd be like, what? You drink coffee? You wait, what, what is, why is our hair so long? What did we do there? And then she'd be like, you, you, you got the Doc Martens, you know, she would be so proud of me. Like, but this version of me has come at a cost, but learning to love myself. I hear that song by Whitney Houston. I just want you to, I want you to do something this week. If you do nothing else this week, but get in your car, put that song on, blast it and sing it at the top of your lungs. Like you are Whitney singing the national anthem. You, you sing it at the top of your karaoke lungs. Okay. 
because there is something so beautiful. I was literally jamming out to that this morning. I was I was on something this morning. Like I was going on all cylinders. I woke up at 5.30. I popped out of bed. Granted, that was 15, late, 15 minutes later than I wanted to be out of bed. But popped out of bed, got everything done, got out the door, went to the gym, got the girls to school 10 minutes early. They had time for the library before. I felt like a queen. Went to the gym, went to the grocery store, grocery shopped in 20 minutes because I had my list and stuck to it. Then what did I do? I went to Target, bought only what I needed. Okay. And then I got a coffee and I came home and I put the groceries away and I filmed a get ready with me and I filmed a transition video and now I'm doing the podcast and I'm going to go and I'm going to pick up the girls and I'm going to go to speech therapy and I pack the snack bag. We're going to go to tumbling and like today is a good day. And I was in my car and I was listening to Megan Trainer, and then it was like Megan Trainer Station, so it like has other artists. And Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All came on, and I came on, and that song has become an anthem for me because learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. You don't have to like her every day, but you have to love her. You have to love her because you are who is going to push her through the tough times, and you are who's going to celebrate her, okay? You are the ones that are going to keep her dreams alive. And I don't know who needs that encouragement. I don't know who needs to hear that it is all worth it. I don't know who needs to hear that that silent dream in the back of your heart will die if you don't shine a little light on it. I know it sounds so ridiculous. And I know everyone's like, TikTok's going to go away and it's going to end and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? If it does, it does. But if nothing else, if there's a dream you have, if there's something you want to do, the only thing that is stopping you is the fact that you have other people's voices in your heads. And I don't know from how long ago, how recent, what relationship, but I do know that you giving them the power to live there is only going to build up self-hatred for yourself. When our, and I, and you guys, I just want you to know, I talked about this last week. My inner voice was kicking my butt last week. And I told her this week, last night, when I sat down, and I've started this Sunday ritual where I write down the girls' schedules, I write down my schedules, and then based off of that, I write down what we're going to have for dinner that week, how we're going to do that. And some nights, there's two nights this week I'm not cooking, we're picking up. Monday night, we're picking up dinner, and Thursday night, we're doing dinner. The other three nights, I'm going to cook. That's great. I mean, Friday, we might do pizza, so two nights, whatever. So I write down that. And then I write down the grocery list based off of that. And then off, off of that... I write down what I would like to accomplish content wise this week. What is hopes for me? Like posting on like to know it and stuff. Cause people ask all the time, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? I'm like, oh, you guys, I don't know. I, uh, and just to be able to like send them somewhere is helpful. And finally getting my email, my weekly email started. I have an email list with 800 emails on it, you guys, or 600. I don't know. And I'm going to start sending out a weekly email list with just like a little, Hey, hi, a little link to the podcast a little link to like to know it and some recipes on there. Just some like, hey, how's it going, dude? Are you making it through the week? Let's check in. Or maybe it's every other week. I don't know. Let's not gauge myself too crazy because I got to write the email myself. <laughs> People are like, who helps you with stuff? I'm like, nobody, nobody. This is a one woman show, you guys. But here's my thing. My thing is, is that I don't know if you're in a situation, if you've, you're out of a situation or if you feel like you're just getting into the beginning of a season. And I call them seasons because they happen for reasons and they don't last forever, hopefully. But you are not being beat. You, you are going to win it. You are being refined. Whatever feels so hard, whatever you are carrying right now, even if it feels like it's literally crushing you, I know that you are stronger than it, but it's okay to lay on the ground for a while. It's okay to take what you're carrying off and sit with it and just be like, I can't even function today. I'm not saying pretend like it's not happening, but what I am saying is don't give up on yourself. What I am saying is that you are the greatest love of all. And the more you learn to pluck the little people out of your head, Every time that thought creeps up, you give it the space, okay? So, like, let's talk about a really negative thought that I have. I have a negative thought that, like, you are failing your family because you um, aren't doing enough. 
right? Like you don't do enough. Like the podcast isn't as good as it could be. And this isn't as great as it could be. And you should post and you, and I will beat myself up with that. Look at all those other people doing that. Amanda, look at, look at all these people here. Oh, look at that. Oh, they're doing so good. Oh, I bet they're doing better for their family. Like, let's just, that's a negative thought that I have. Okay. And when that negative thought creeps up, I have started to say, you're such a liar. You're such a liar. My family knows how much I love them. I know how much I love my family. I'm doing my absolute best. Even if it's a tough day, even if it's not a day like today where it's like, I'm on top of the world functioning on all cylinders. I've got everything ready to go and we're going to be on time. And no, even if it's a day where I literally drug my butt across the finish line, pulled into the, the school parking lot on fumes, when that voice creeps up in my head, I'm going to say, no, you're a liar. I had a tough morning. I had a tough moment. It is not all me. It is not the encapsulation of me because there was somewhere in my past, there was someone in my past that I allowed in and I allowed to take that power and tell me I wasn't good enough. And I gave that over to them and I handed that to them. But like I tell my girls, you should never give someone so much power where they change how you think about yourself. They don't deserve that power. No one deserves that power. Because here's the thing. I believe in a loving God. Okay. My relationship with him, it is just him and me. So if somebody else out there has pissed you off with Jesus, it was not Jesus because it was their example of him. That's why I always tell people like, I know Jesus, how I know Jesus. And I know that he thinks that I am the most incredible, unique, wonderful human being. He's never said a bad word to me about me. Other people out there have. But if he loves me like that, I should love myself like that. And if somebody else is in my head, I need to kick them out right now because that's not what we want for me. If someone's telling you you're not doing enough, they're wrong. You're doing your best. And every time that thought creeps up and you start to feel yourself, if you can start to catch yourself in that mindset saying, oh gosh, look at that. No, no, stop. Yes, fine. Be aspirational for whatever you want, but stop because you are doing your best and you are. And if in self-evaluation, you feel like you can do more, great. Do that on your terms. Not because someone else is telling you that you are not good enough. Do not hand that power over to someone. You are in process always. We are learning always. Nobody knows what they're doing ever. And even when you start to think you know what you're doing, something gets thrown in the wrenches. I thought I had a grip on everything that was going on. Boom, Corey lost her teeth. I thought I had a grip. Boom, someone wants to change it. Like things happen. But everything you are doing, everything you are going through is refining you to your best, hottest version of yourself. The you in five years is going to be so appreciative of the you currently. And the you currently is going to literally be in awe of the you in five years because you are the greatest love of all. You are being refined. Even if you feel like that uncut diamond, even if the file fire feels like it's burning everything, it's beginning anew because I literally feel like a Phoenix with what I went through this year, the physical, I feel like a Phoenix. I don't care how my videos do anymore. As long as I know I'm bringing someone joy. I put Mr. Rogers music on a video yesterday and it was like, it's not a trending sound. I could care less. It made my heart so happy. And someone said, oh, this feels so safe. When someone tells me they feel like our space is a safe space, it is the greatest compliment I could ever receive because the only thing I want to do is create safe space. I want you guys to feel at home here. I want you to feel like we're always having coffee. I want you to know that on Wednesdays, we get together. I want you to know that I enjoy spending time with you. And I want you to know that whether there's one person listening or a thousand, it doesn't matter. And if you know someone who needs a safe space, I hope that you can share this with them because you feel like it is. Everything that I create is to hopefully love on you and pay you back for what I feel you've done for us. Our family is in eternally grateful for it. And I don't know if I'll get to do this forever, but I know that I'll do this podcast forever. Cause even if I have a nine to five one day again, I will never stop sharing with you. I love it so much. But one day this sign, the one above me, it's going to be hung in a studio. You wait and see, I'm telling you right now. And one day I'm going to be in the Macy's day parade. And one day Disneyland is going to call one day. It's not about going there for free. I don't care. I will pay and save up for my trip. It is about them saying, Amanda, we want you to come be with us. All these dreams we have, share them with me. I'm going to share mine with you. Okay? One day, we're going to have another after hours with Amanda Collab. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be start believing in yourself in this really not egotistical because people always think like being confident is egotistical. Have this absolute 
unwavering, just crazy, stupid belief in yourself. Write down the most insane thing you think could ever happen. And then just remember that every day you're working to that. And maybe it doesn't happen in a year, in five years, in 10 years. I look at the guy who won the Academy Award, the little guy from Indiana Jones, and I'm, I can't say his name. I'm going to massacre. It's like Gene, I don't want to, I don't want to massacre it, but I look at him winning an Academy Award at 50 and realizing that the first Indiana Jones movie he was in, he was like 12, I think. And then he didn't work for a lot of movies after some, and then he had sparse. And there he was last night accepting an Academy Award saying, mom, look. There is such beauty in your journey. Every chapter is new. Every page is a page turner. Okay. You are writing the most beautiful book, but you have to believe that there is purpose in your pain when it comes, that you are being refined, that you are an uncut diamond and that nothing is ever going to completely break you. Do you know how strong diamonds are? Do you know the amount of pressure they can withhold? You are a diamond. You are a diamond, nothing else. So. I'm going to get going because as much as I love our time together, I don't want to be late because I have everything planned. I'm like sitting on my cord here. Hold on a second. But to my favorite part of our episode where I'm going to look you in the eye and I'm going to tell you, I love you. You have exponential and limitless potential. You are needed. I am glad that you're here. If you are in pain, you are stronger than you know. And you're a diamond. I think we're going to add that on. You're a diamond. You're a diamond because you can withstand the fire. It only makes you better. You can deal with the deep cuts because you are only going to be better. And that doesn't make people allowances disclaimer. That doesn't mean that people can treat us unkindly. It just means that you know your worth and your strength. And you're not going to hand that over to someone because you're a diamond through and through. And I love you. I'm so grateful for our time together. I love our little sign. <laughs> Say it with me. One day this is going to get hung in a studio and one day we're going to do a live tour of the podcast. That's, oh, I'm switching up one of my dreams. I'm going to change one of my top 10 dreams. One of my top 10 dreams that one day this podcast is going to go on a little road show. And I'm going to get to squeeze every single human being. I love you. It's a new week. When you see this, it will be Wednesday. Or when you listen to this, it will be Wednesday, which means you're already halfway through the week. So I'm already looking at future us, seeing how good we're going to do. And if the week has been tough and we're on Wednesday, we're halfway through it. It's hump day, baby. I love you so much. I can't wait till our next time together. And if this podcast at all made you feel any special way, be sure to share it. And thanks for listening.